Warning. Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix, where we get a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. And this season, we are breaking down the epic Real Housewives of New York City, seasons one through three. And this episode, we are breaking down the season three premiere. That's right, we've made it to season three, finally. And we're going to dive into season three, episode one, New Alliances. Now, let's get our fix. I know I can't speak for all of you, but I am so pumped to dive into season three. It was so fun. Just even this first episode, going back and rewatching it, it took me right back to where all of the drama really gets started. We are off and running in season three, right from the first episode. And it just reminded me how much I loved the beginning seasons of this series. It's just so good. And these ladies, without even knowing it, just really brought it this season. It brought out the best, the worst, and everything in between of everyone on the show. And in going back and re-watching these early episodes, I couldn't help but draw a comparison to what is going on today with these, with really all of the cities in the Real Housewives franchise. But most especially with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which, again, right from season one, had me. Beverly Hills usually ranks at the very top of my favorite cities every season. But I just, this season, I really just can't, especially with Kyle, Erica, Lisa Rinna, friggin' Diana Jenkins. I, I just can't with them anymore. And I think everything that I've been talking about in terms of what made these beginning episodes and cities, everything that made them great couldn't be more illustrated in everything that is going wrong with the current season of Beverly Hills. And again, the audience isn't stupid. They pick up on the fraudulent behavior, the fake overproduced bullshit. And so it's no wonder why Kyle, Erica, Lisa Rinna, Diana Jenkins, they're all getting a ton of hate this season from the audience. And it's because of all of this stuff that I've been talking about, this overproduced pretend storyline, hiding your real life, all of it is just fucking bullshit. And I think what we are seeing play out, especially right now, what's going on with Kyle and Erica and that whole storyline it's everything that is wrong with the current cast and production of the Real Housewives franchise. For example, we've all been talking about it, Erica's behavior, we know she's been popping some pills for her depression, and then drinking on top of that, which is she's just totally lit and buzzed at every event that's been going on the last couple of episodes one of which episodes caused a lot of stir in the media and on social media, which is when Erica at Garcelle's birthday party told Garcelle's 14-year-old son to get the fuck out of here, you know, go fuck off or whatever she said to him. 
And here is an example of what we are all so sick of and what will be the demise of these shows is Kyle's reaction to this, where she's trying to yet again, create a storyline, cover for her friends, I'm putting that in quotation marks, her allies on the show, and really just create an, a whole new story for the producers to try to cover for what Erica is doing. Because let's be honest, if any one of the housewives told Portia, her 14-year-old daughter, to get the fuck out of here on camera, let alone she would have flipped her lid. It would have been her storyline and her argument with whatever cast member did that for the entire season. She never would have forgotten about it. It would have been talked about in endless amounts on the reunion if that was done to her child. But because Erica is her ally and friend on the show, she's doing that fake cover-up thing for her where she's trying to adjust the narrative and give a different slant for producers to latch onto of, oh, it's so great to see her loosening up and having fun, when really she's totally abusing medication and alcohol and acting like a complete asshole. That's what's going on. But because they are all about covering for each other, setting narratives, setting storylines, and overproducing themselves and the entire show, we're not going to get that reality. We're going to get a bunch of bullshit covering up. It's just, it's everything that I can't stand about the shows that's going on right now. And again, it's why those beginning seasons of the first few cities of the franchise were freaking reality TV gold because you didn't have this opportunity or maybe even this knowledge of how you manipulate manipulate what you are telling the producers, what you are showing the producers, and how you're crafting a storyline. None of that fucking existed. It was just cameras following around these ladies. And yes, there were producers. And of course, there were some interference by production and editing. But for the most part, these ladies had to deal with the reality of what was being shown and being filmed. But now, because they've realized that this can be really more of a scripted TV show, they're not showing you their real lives. They're showing you what they've decided to have as their storyline for the year. They're showing you the sides of them that they've decided are acceptable to show on television. And it's just overcrafted. And again, Bravo, production companies, we're so fucking sick of it. I recently actually heard one of the producers, he produced on OC, Atlanta, I think even Beverly Hills for a while. He said something about like, we can't just follow them around. No, no, you're missing the point. That's exactly what we want. We want interesting people doing real things with interesting lives. Not this overscripted, overproduced, cover up for your friends, make a fake storyline, only show them what you're comfortable showing them. It's just, it's no fun anymore. And it's not, it's not novel. And in fact, I would be really interested to see because I really can't stand Diana Jenkins. She's just, because she's just, you know, I don't know why she came on the show with that, with that much money. Although everyone's saying now, after seeing the latest episode of Beverly Hills, that it was to promote her, her boyfriend and his singing. So maybe that's why she did it. But in reality, she's incredibly wealthy. She's friends with Elton John, a lot of celebrities. She's definitely in that crowd. How interesting would it have been as opposed to forcing her every episode to sit in a room at a fake party with the other cast members to actually see her out and about in her life, hobnobbing with these celebrities, going to these charity events, 
that really did that stuff would remind me of the beginnings of New York City these first couple of seasons. And I think it would have made Diana a much more likable or at least interesting character and perhaps could have saved her from a lot of this backlash. I mean, who knows? If that's really who she is and how she behaves, she probably would have been a villain. If you want a new villain, here I am, right? She probably would have been the villain anyway. But again, I just, I couldn't help but think about just how overproduced it is and how it's ruining the shows. I mean, the last episode of Beverly Hills was a Christmas party where she says she usually throws this huge Christmas party. And yes, I guess COVID, whatever, but it was just this last Christmas. So I'm sure people were starting to have normal parties. Who knows? Maybe not in LA, but in the rest of the world, people were having normal holidays again. Once again, it was a party with very few people and really only the cast members. That's not what Diana Jenkins would be doing in real life. She wouldn't have a a party with just the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast and her kids and boyfriend. That's just not the way it would have gone down. It makes it so uninteresting. And again, it makes them have to create storylines with each other as opposed to having a storyline for yourself, doing what you do being interesting, letting us have a glimpse into your life. But no, we have to yet again, we get the same fucking episode every week. All the housewives on a trip, sitting in a room fighting. All the housewives at a party, sitting in a room fighting. It's just, it, it's old and really the producers, they they don't get it. They, they think, I, I think they're stuck in a rut now where they're producing a show as opposed to realizing what really made these, these shows make a mark on reality TV. But anyways, I digress because as I said, I am so freaking excited. We've made it to season three and episode one did not disappoint. We get right into it. So with that, let's get into a quick breakdown of the episode, because it's turtle time. Well, since we're starting off with the new season, I would usually launch into turtle time by playing the taglines for the new season. But because we have yet to be introduced to Sonia, she comes a couple episodes into season three, and the taglines remain the same. I'm going to wait until we have the new taglines with Sonia's to play them. So stay tuned. Well, season three, episode one, New Alliances, which I think is a perfect title for what is about to happen for season three. We open up with Ramona. She is hosting Jill, Luann, Alex, and a few of her other girlfriends like Joni and some of the other friends of that we know on a yacht for a day of relaxation in the sun and a fabulous lunch. We get to see Ramona's new haircut. She's chopped it off. And we're introduced to her storyline, really, for the season, that she's renewing herself and renewing everything. We also get a glimpse of her new HSN jewelry line. And she's having a blast on the yacht until Jill and Luann totally kill her buzz by bringing up a shitty comment that Mario supposedly made to Luann and Ramona gets pissed. She feels like Jill and Luann are totally ganging up on her. She loses it for a while. But in the end, she makes up with Luann and Jill and all is well, at least for now. And although that's all we get of Ramona this episode, it's a big part of the episode. That yacht day with the three of them, I really should say four of them, is a big part of the episode. And then as for Jill... She starts right in with her agenda and her bitchy attitude right from the jump. 
She joins Ramona on the yacht and she proceeds to act like a total bitch to her behind her back to her face. Again, she's trying to pull the one-liner Bethany thing, but she doesn't realize it's not just about being bitchy and rude. And Jill comes off so unlikable right from episode one, and she doesn't do herself any favors. She gangs up on Ramona with Luann, and she never stops bitching and complaining. We also learn that Bobby had cancer and is in recovery. And we can very clearly get the sense that she and Luann have been palling around that summer and creating their anti-Bethany alliance. And since we learned that Jill and Bobby also sold their house in the Hamptons, she's been staying with Luann. And then lastly, we see them add Kelly into the fold when they meet her for lunch out in the Hamptons and try to kind of connect with her and really give her another chance at friendship. Now, as for Luann, she's clearly become close with Jill. She's hosting her in the Hamptons, and she arrives with Jill to Ramona's yacht party, where she decides halfway through to confront Ramona about a comment Mario made at a polo event. Needless to say, this does not go over very well and dashes any hopes of a restart with Ramona that Luann may have had. We also learn that she and the Count are definitely divorcing, and Luann is learning to start over on her own. She goes with Jill to lunch with Kelly. Again, the alliances are forming. And then we also learn that she canceled on Bethany for drinks, which she was supposed to have the night of the yacht party. But she does agree to go to drinks with Bethany the next day, as long as it's close to her house, leaving Bethany to drive two hours to meet her. And she decides to go in on Bethany from the jump. Bad idea, Luann. And she gets a mouthful from Bethany about the fake Countess bullshit. Now, as for Kelly, she takes a backseat this episode as we only really see her at lunch in the Hamptons with Jill and Luann. But we do get the sense that she is forming an anti-Bethany alliance with Jill. It's becoming very clear which is a bit of a shift from what we last saw at the reunion for season two. And Alex, she also takes a backseat this episode. We only see her at Ramona's yacht party, which, as I said, it's a big part of the episode. They flash back to it several times. It has several scenes during the episode, but she's clearly overshadowed by the Jill, Luann, Ramona drama. And as for Bethany, we see that she is definitely being iced out by the ladies, But it doesn't really seem to matter because she has so much going on. And again, interesting things going on equal good TV. We follow her to her nude rooftop photo shoot for PETA's I'd Rather Go Naked campaign. We meet her new boyfriend and future husband, Jason, Jason number two. And we see their relationship blossom. They really seem to be getting along and having a good time together. And then we also get a little bit of her side of the story on her rift with Jill. And then lastly, we see her meet up with Luann for those drinks where she definitely gets the upper hand after Luann tries to just jump down her throat from the moment she walks in. So with that, let's dive deep into the episode because we're on to season three, episode one, New Alliances. So let's mention it all. All right, let's dive straight into season three, episode one, New Alliances. We've made it to season three. I'm so pumped. And like I said earlier, this 
season just kicks right off. Episode one did not disappoint. I forgot actually what episode one entailed. And when I went back and watched it, because I think I was anticipating it being maybe a little slow burn into all of the drama. Uh, oh, no, it's it's very clear right off what's going on. And I should have known the title New Alliances really does say it all. So episode one opens up with a great flashback and recap of season two. And I did note, and I say, let's just keep this in the back of our minds. There's a scene where Jill and Luann and Ramona are sitting and having lunch. It's that scene where Ramona kind of makes comments about she'd never want to send her kid to boarding school as Luann's talking about sending Victoria to boarding school. And Ramona's also very clear that she does not want to do anything with Simon and Alex. And Jill uses the word creepy. She says, a lot of people tell me they're creepy. And that word's going to come up a lot, especially with Kelly in terms of Bethany. So just keep that in the back of your mind that that is a word that clearly Jill has used in the past. But back to the episode. So they do the last season recap. Really, it does a great job of catching you up to where we are today. And recall, we don't get Sonia's tagline here. She's not in the first episode. But we do get our opening taglines. They're all the same as the first two seasons, which I go back and forth. I don't know if I like that or if I hate it. Because part of me loves it. I love having each housewife have their signature tagline. But there is a great opportunity with each season to have a tagline that kind of describes what's going on for you during that season. But then you've got the gals who've been on for 10, 11, 12 seasons, and it gets hard to come up with a new tagline. So I, although I'm all over the place, I think I'm going to fall back on, I like having a signature tagline for each housewife, not changing it up every season. I mean, clearly, Roni seasons one through three are epic. They go down in Roni history. They're some of the most classic and epic scenes and moments during this time. And Roni was incredibly popular. I mean, by season two, they were chart topping for Bravo. So it clearly wasn't bothering people that much that they were having the same taglines. And I also think it provides a bit of familiarity with with each housewife. It's like that's their signature line. So I'm talking out loud, but I think I'm going to end up with we should just stick with a classic, awesome one-liner tagline for all of the housewives. So we open up the taglines. We've got Alex. This is her best look yet in her opening scene. She's in a purple one-shoulder dress, kind of a la Luen de la Seps. She's got Simon and her two boys behind her because remember, Roni is one of those shows where they actually have their significant other or dog or kids or whatever it is behind them. Some of the cities don't do that. It's just the lady, but not Roni. Then we've got Luann. She's in like kind of a denim strapless dress. It's got this bling at the waist. She looks great as always. And now she only has behind her her two kids because she is getting divorced from the count. So he's no longer behind her. Then we've got Bethany. She's in a skinny girl red dress. She looks great. And now instead of just Cookie behind her, because for the first two seasons, she only had her dog Cookie. Now we've got Jason, her soon-to-be husband, and Cookie behind her. Next up is Jill. She's in like a black and brown crocheted geometric dress. It's just okay. It's She just doesn't seem to understand the less is more, simple is better concept, especially when we're talking about like your opening scene that's going to be shown on every episode. But it's not horrible. It's not as bad as the first season, that black satin or that brown satin dress. But it's it's just okay. She's got Bobby and Allie behind her, as always. 
Then we've got Ramona. She's got a real classic navy tank dress. She's got her diamonds by the inch necklace on, which I think was great marketing. That's something that she created with her and Mario's jewelry line. It's the first time we see her short hair because she's chopped her hair off. And she's got Mario and Avery behind her. And then last up, we've got Kelly. She's in this orange short cocktail dress. She looks great, as always. Um, And she's got her girls behind her. So the episode opens up in the Hamptons. It's summertime. Remember, Roni used to always start really towards the end of summer, late August, early September. One of the first two episodes was always kind of surrounding Labor Day and that last weekend in the Hamptons with all the New Yorkers. So we're in the Hamptons. Ramona is throwing a party on a yacht that is owned by her friend. And we see Jill and Luann. They're headed down together off to the boat, which Ramona has chartered. And I love that this is how the season starts, because I think it really does show what is going on. Jill and Luann are palling around together, and right off the bat, Jill is complaining. I think being shitty towards people, especially for no reason, it really does just ooze out of you. And Jill's anger and just her bitchy, shitty attitude this season it comes across, I feel like, nearly every scene. And this scene is no different. She starts right in that she's starving and, you know, the the key to a good party and entertaining on a boat is having good food. And Ramona better have good food. Luann says, she, you know, she's not sure. She, she, Ramona was talking about having lunch. And of course, Jill's like, well, she better have food. And Luann looks great. She's got that headscarf kind of um, as a headband. She wore it, I think, when they went to the party with all the gay men where Bethany was getting down with the gay dudes. I I like this look on Luann. It's very appropriate for a boat to protect your hair from getting crazy. And she just, she looks very chic. She always does. So Luann tries to calm down Jill from being pissed about the food, saying that they're supposed to be having lunch at the Sag Harbor Club. And oddly, we don't ever see that lunch. We only kind of see them, I think, going there and coming back. So who knows what happens? But Ramona greets them. She's in a great mood. She's in a yellow bikini with a little sarong on. She's like, hello, ladies, welcome to my yacht. And she looks fantastic. I mean, Ramona's in her mid-50s, I think, at this point. And, I, I, you know, I couldn't look this good in a bikini. She looks absolutely great, which, of course, is going to stir Jill's jealousy. And as Ramona welcomes them and says, welcome to my yacht, Jill looks at Luann under her breath and says, doesn't she wish this was her yacht? And again, it's just like, Jill, just give it a friggin' break. Like, be happy that you're invited. Be happy that it's a beautiful yacht and go and have a good time. But she can't stand that Ramona is kind of in charge of this and it's not about Jill. So it's the last weekend of summer. Ramona greets them all. She shows off her new hair and she asks Jill, you know, doesn't this take nerve or what to cut off all my hair? Ramona just seems like she's over the top happy to see everybody. And I really do think it's part of the plan that Jill tried to set in motion We learned later on that Jill did meet with all of the housewives before they started filming and was trying to get everyone to not film with Bethany. She was doing her vindictive, her own little production attempts, but it's without production, right? It's kind of behind the scenes. Don't film with Bethany. Let her go off and do her own thing. And at first, Ramona was on board. So I think this over the top, we're going to have so much fun, super happy Ramona is just her trying to play into Jill's plan. And so Ramona explains that her friend owns the yacht and is letting her borrow the boat. And I feel like in this moment, 
Ramona shows the cards of what Jill was doing behind the scenes. Because as Jill is walking by, she tells Jill and she kind of nudges her and says, it's nice to have good friends, right? And I think it just is a total tell of what was going on behind the scenes of how Jill was really trying to act like Bethany is not a good friend. Let's let her go off and do her own thing. I couldn't help but notice that piece. And I think it's a total poker tell. So they get on the boat. We see Joni's there, one of Ramona's friends that we see in many of the scenes in the past seasons. And Jill jumps right in with the critical bullshit. She looks Ramona up and down and she's like, what did you do? Like insinuating she's had plastic surgery or done something. And Ramona's like, nothing. I've I gained five pounds and I think it actually made me look a little better. And Jill just can't stop. Well, no, what did you do? She's staring at her. You know, you're very blonde. And I did like this moment because Joni kind of sells Ramona out later. But Joni jumps in and she's like, I think it looks great, don't you? She's kind of picking up on Jill's shitty behavior towards Ramona and kind of tries to jump in and cover. And Jill just can't stop. She's looking Ramona up and down. And Ramona's like, nothing. I have not had any surgery, I swear. I only do the non-surgical procedures. And then you cut to Jill's confessional. And again, her nastiness just oozes out of her this season. And I think it's because her whole game plan was just to be nasty, especially towards Bethany. And she also thinks that she can pull off the Bethany one-liner. I don't know if her ego was so big that she thought she could replace Bethany or make up, you know, kick Bethany off the show and make up for her for the void. But she doesn't seem to get that Bethany's one-liners are because they're funny and witty, not because they're evil and mean and and mean-spirited and rude. And that's all Jill ever does is her one-liners are just fucking rude. So we cut to Jill's confessional. And she says that Ramona is too old to be wearing a bikini. She's like, I don't care if she's renewed, renugged, whatever. Please, Ramona, cover up. And it's just so jealous and so ugly because, first of all, Ramona, her age has nothing to do with whether she can wear a bikini. She looks absolutely fantastic. I say wear that bikini as long as you can. She works hard at her body. She always has. You know, she was a former bodybuilder and she just looks great. So go for it, Ramona. And it's, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And second off, it's like Jill is just jumping in. She's not only criticizing her for wearing the bikini, but, you know, Ramona's whole through line of this season is being renewed. And so she's also just kind of disparaging the renewal concept as well. So back to the boat and Ramona explains that she also invited Alex. She tells Luann that Alex is on her way. And in her confessional, she explains that she's renewing everything, including herself and even her friendships. So she's going to give Alex a fresh start with her. And she makes this hilarious comment to Luann, like, I asked her if she had to ask Simon first. And then it's the perfect intro because Alex arrives. She looks super cute, really summery. And this is something I love about Alex is she really is, you can tell, as annoying and weird type of person that she is. She's not self-absorbed. She's a kind, nice person. She gets on the boat and she immediately says to Ramona and Ramona like jumps in her arm. She's so happy to see her. She says, look at your hair. It's really pretty. Whereas neither Jill or Luann commented on Ramona's hair. She had to bring it up right off the bat. Not only does Alex, who's not self-absorbed, notice the haircut, but she tells her she looks really pretty. And I just again, I thought that spoke volumes as to who Alex is. And as Alex says in her confessional, Ramona nearly jumped in her lap. She was so happy to see her. And if Ramona is extending an olive branch, she'll take it. 
And then Ramona says to Alex as she's complimenting her hair, don't you think I look like kind of an older version of Cameron Diaz? And again, Alex is so sweet. She says, well, you know what? Take it and run with it. And then you see Jill in the background who's standing behind Ramona and she puts the finger down on her throat like the gag me sign to Luann. And it's just so shitty. The girl has invited you on a boat. They said they hadn't seen each other much all summer. It's one of the first times you're seeing her. And, you know, just give it to her. It's like, it's so jealous. It's so catty. And it's just so Jill. And then we get Luann's confessional where she says that Ramona doesn't look anything like Cameron Diaz. And and I agree. I don't think she looks anything like Cameron Diaz. I actually think Ramona is a bit prettier than Cameron Diaz, but she doesn't look anything like her. But it was nothing to stick your finger down your throat about, Jill. So as Alex has explained, Ramona nearly leaps into her arms. She's very huggy and happy to see uh, Alex. And she says she knows that she hasn't been the nicest to her, but she's changing everything. And so Alex is like, great, let's let's go for it. So as the ladies are getting on the boat, we cut to a scene where they're all sitting around a table and Ramona is pulling out her HSN jewelry line. She's got just what you would normally see that you hold jewelry in kind of boxes and and crates. And she's showing the ladies her line and Jill's confessional yet again. It's like right from the jump. She's all over Ramona. She says she was put off because Ramona was like hawking her wares. It's look at me, look at me. And I was like, talk about projection, Jill, because everything with you is look at me, look at me. And also, it's kind of hilarious because she's totally pissed off that Ramona is hawking her wares and showing what she has on HSN. But then fast forward to this last Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip 2, the ex-wives club where Jill is on. And the ladies say that Jill is a walking QVC ad for herself and Jill admits it. So I just think, again, it's just projection at its finest and a bit of jealousy. And once again, Alex is so sweet. She's putting on the jewelry. I think it looks like Ramona, they don't really show it, but it looks like Ramona had each of the ladies wear something, probably to promote it, you know, during the boat trip. And Alex is very sweet. This is so pretty. It looks great. And then Jill, because this is something you see with narcissists, and it's why Jill has all of the telltale signs, let alone being raised by a narcissist. One of the things you will see them do is the, is the nothing is good enough and the you shoulda, you shoulda, you shoulda. You shoulda done this. You shoulda done that. You shoulda done this. And then you learn with the narcissist, even if you would have done their you shouldas, it still wouldn't been good enough. And they'll just come up with another you should have done this kind of concept. So Jill sits down with Joni and says, you know, if I was her, I would have told all my friends to pick something. I would have given them a big gift bag. But instead, she's like hawking it, telling everyone to go buy it when it's out on HSN. She should have done this. She should have done that. And then she says that, you know, Ramona's cheap. And Joni kind of is a little shocked. It's like, Ramona? But then I can't believe Joni said this on camera. And she says, Ramona's going to kill me for saying this. But she says the night before we went to Savannah's for dinner and Ramona ordered her own check, which kind of shocked Joni. And of course, Jill loves it. She's like, that's it. That's all I need. I'm out. And she like walks away because, of course, I'm sure Jill was loving that Joni did that in that moment. And I don't really know how good of friends Jill and Joni are. I know Ramona and Jill run in similar circles, so I'm sure Joni does know Jill. But I was a little shocked that Joni said that about Ramona. Who knows? Maybe she forgot the cameras were there. It's a long day. They've all been drinking. But I I didn't like that moment. So then you cut back to the table where all the ladies are sitting. And I think right away you see the stage is being set against Bethany. 
because Ramona asks if anyone has seen Bethany, and everyone says no. And I think that's a lot of Ramona's being Jill's lackey. Jill doesn't want to bring it up, but she's definitely having everybody else bring it up. And then Jill says, well, Bethany's into Bethany. Again, setting the stage, like, let Bethany do her own thing. We're not going to invite her. And I think you see so much. I can't believe Ramona went along with Jill this much, actually. But in Ramona's confessional, you see her say that Jill said she was having issues with Bethany. And so Ramona didn't invite Bethany on the yacht just to avoid drama, which that's not why. It was because Jill's whole thing was like, you better not, you know, you can, you know, behind the scenes that Jill was doing that. You better not invite her. I'm not going to come if you invite her. She's horrible. She did all these horrible things to me. Victim, victim, victim. And a lot of probably bossing everybody into saying she better not be coming. Because we will soon see she also did the same thing with Luann. And I feel like you can see it in Ramona's face in that confessional. Ramona does not have a good poker face. And when she's lying or kind of trying to cover up for something, she just gets this lying face. And it's written all over her face as she's trying to explain that she just didn't invite Bethany to avoid drama. It's it's her biggest tell. And to me, it was very clear that Jill, I'm sure, instructed Ramona not to invite Bethany. So then we see the ladies sitting together, and Luann says that she was supposed to have a drink with Bethany. We find out it was later that day after they got off the yacht. And once again, they show their cards, because as Luann says that she was supposed to have a drink with Bethany, she says she didn't go, she canceled. And she's like, not because you weren't going, Jill. Turns out Jill was supposed to go and refused to go which again is the biggest tell to kind of cover up. I didn't go because you weren't going and told me not to go, Jill. And then Jill says, no, because it didn't work for you. And Luann's like, right, it, it just didn't work for me. And it's like, oh my God. So now you guys have talked about it ahead of time. Not only that you're not going to go meet with Bethany, but you're going to give Luann the excuse as to why, because it didn't work for her. It's such fucking nonsense. But Luann then turns to Jill and says, but why didn't you want to come for the drink? And I think it's very telling because you don't really get the setup there. They make it seem like it was supposed to be Luann and Bethany having drinks and Luann canceled. But clearly it was supposed to be Jill, Luann and Bethany having drinks after the yacht experience. And Jill refused to go. And I'm sure pressured, i.e. told Luann that she can't go either. And as we learn, that's true because we find out that Jill was telling everybody not to film with Bethany as well. So here's that plan being set into motion. And so Jill explains, because there's other ladies around, and there's a lot of the group around, she explains that it's sad for her to talk about, but, you know, she and Bethany just really aren't friends anymore, which just the way that her face looks, there's nothing sad about the way that Jill is explaining this story. So I don't buy that it's sad for her to talk about, because then she launches into that she saved Bethany's last message to her. And it was so hurtful because her closing line was, Jill, you need to get a hobby. And then Jill says, well, I did. And that just wasn't hanging out with her anymore. And again, there's just so many things wrong with just that one little piece of information. Why are you saving a message that somebody has left you months ago, especially if it was so hurtful to you, you'd want to get rid of it? I really think it's because Jill was setting something in motion. And that was, as Bethany will later say, that was probably the meanest thing she said to Jill. And so Jill was going to use that, save it because she wanted evidence to show that she's a victim. I think it's so calculating and so manipulative. And let's be real, you will see, I mean, I feel like Jill brings this lineup, again, 
Bethany said it. It's really the meanest thing that she said to Jill was get, get a hobby. And Jill brings it up incessantly. Just in this episode alone, we hear the Bethany told me to go get a hobby. I mean, it's like 15 times she tells everybody. It's the thing that she tells everyone that happened. It's really not that fucking bad. Like, I'm sorry you were having a fight with your friend. Some of the things we heard that Jill did, I think, are way worse, which is why I think Jill saved the message to try to have something that Bethany did to set a stage that, you know, she wasn't the bad guy. It was Bethany. But it's really not even that fucking bad. The worst thing your friend ever told you to do was to go get a hobby and and your hobby should not be picking fights with your friends. I mean, sorry, but that's really not that bad. And then Jill goes on and on. We know it was all about what I could do for her. And she doesn't deserve me as a friend. And it's just, it starts to get real clear as to what's going on. So in perfect editing, we then cut to Bethany. Because remember, she wasn't invited to the yacht party. She's on a rooftop photo shoot. She's got her skinny girl robe on. She's with her assistant. And we see her, she's kind of flashing her assistant who's taking a topless photo that she's going to send to Jason, her new boyfriend, because she's doing a photo shoot for PETA for their I'd rather go naked than wear fur campaign, which was a huge get. And it was a big thing at the time. Pamela Anderson did it. Eva Mendes did it. There was a bunch of famous people doing the I'd rather go naked than wear fur campaigns. This was a big get for Bethany. So we see her playing around. She's having fun, having them take some photos to send to her boyfriend. One of the publicists is like, oh, my God, don't tweet that. And in a classic Bethany one-liner, she turns around. She's like, well, of course not. And first of all, we'd be twatting it, not tweeting it. Let's get that straight. And it just sets the tone. Bethany is funny. She's witty. She's having fun. There's apparently a stylist on set, which, again, it's like, where is PETA spending their money? I'd really like to know. Because as Bethany points out, you guys hired a stylist for pasties and a thong. It's a naked photo shoot. And then she does make this small comment about giving her little thong to Kelly when she's done so she can run down Fifth Avenue. And I love it because there's a lot of Kelly Bethany drama. And I love that Bethany kind of throws in that little dig. So then we get Bethany's confessional. She explains that she's met someone and fell in love, which is Jason, her future husband and father of her daughter. And she looks amazing. Her hair and makeup are real big and done. She's Her body is in fantastic shape, as it always is. And we see her, she's basically standing naked on a rooftop in Manhattan, which she says, like, who gets to be naked on a rooftop in Manhattan? This is awesome. She looks great. And the scene ends with her kind of standing there with her arms spread out. She's just in the thong topless and says, I'm the king of the world. It's really fun. It's a great scene. And it's so much lighter and more fun than the scene that we just saw with Jill. So then we cut back to the yacht. As I said, these yacht scenes, usually they'll be, you know, one scene, unless it's like the big party or something like that. But this yacht scene, we go back and forth to it, cutting between some other things that are going on. It's a big portion of the show. We see Ramona. She's sitting with Luann and says, you know, are you having fun? This is such a great day. And Luann I, I feel like this is a dig. But Luann says, you know, I always say Ramona will be the first one naked in your swimming pool. And you can see Ramona, she takes it, she takes it well, but she says, well, I've never actually been naked in a swimming pool. And Luann's like, oh, it's just an expression, meaning you're the first to start the party. And I was like, what, whose expression is that? She'll be the first to jump naked in your swimming pool. That's not like a common expression, meaning someone's the life of the party. I think it was just a jig and Luann was trying to cover it up. 
And then Luann makes the fatal error of saying, but your husband did say something to me that really upset me recently. And Ramona's like, do we have to talk about it right now? And first Luann says, no, let's talk about it when we're when we're back. And then it just devolves. And she's like, he does like you, by the way. And Luann's like, you know what, let's talk about it. I need to get it off my chest because he said something to me where he mumbled under his breath that really hurt me. And she explains, and and I will say, you see Ramona's face immediately change. She's been having an absolute blast. They're drinking, they're having fun, they're in the sun, they're on a yacht. And Ramona's face immediately changes to this like defensive, she's, she's aware, she's preparing for the assault that's coming. So Luann says, we were at Polo at the Bridgehamptons Polo getting our picture taken and the photographer were kind of yelling at me, Countess, Countess. And she's like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Ramona. Ramona's like, I know what you're talking about. And she says, Mario then muttered under his breath, countless. And Luann says it was so hurtful. You know, why would he say that? He knows what I'm going through. And then, of course, Jill then materializes and has to jump in. And she starts digging on Ramona. It's hurtful, Ramona. And Ramona's trying to say, you know, he was just being playful. He did recognize that he upset you. And then, of course, Jill, because she's got to be a part of it. Well, then why didn't he call her? And Ramona jumps in. Well, he doesn't have her number. I don't know. And Jill can't. She's like, oh, for God's sakes, Ramona. And then you can tell Ramona starts to get very uncomfortable. Now, Jill is grilling her. Luann is grilling her. And she's like, you know what? Look, if you have an issue, it's with my husband, not me. You talk to him. Well, and then Luann, in a perfect setup for the next episode, for episode two, says, but you do understand now I don't feel comfortable coming to your house for Labor Day. And I guarantee this was a setup by Jill because Well, we haven't gotten there yet, but you may remember Ramona invites Bethany and Jason to her Labor Day party. And I bet you Ramona refused to not let Bethany film and was starting to push back a little bit with Jill on this because first it was, I can't invite her to to the yacht. And I'm sure Jill then said, you need to uninvite Bethany to your house for Labor Day. And I'm sure Ramona said no. So now Jill is behind the scenes setting it up. So Luann and Jill aren't going to go. And she's giving Luann, okay, you say that Mario said this and now you don't feel comfortable. I just, I can smell it from a mile away. This was a total setup. But Luann says, do you understand why I don't feel comfortable now going to your house for Labor Day? And then we get an epic Ramona-ism because she says, well, then you know what? Don't come. But I do think you're making a bigger mole mountain. She's like, what is that? What is that saying? And Jill says, a mountain out of a molehill. And Ramona says, yeah, a mountain out of a whole mill. (laughs) Which it's again, it's another epic Ramona, Ramona Ramona-ism. It's a classic line. They always show it if they're flashing back on Ramona's Ramona-isms. And so Ramona keeps going and just says, look, I think you're being oversensitive, Luann. And you can tell Ramona is now riled up. She is set off. She senses the BS and the sabotage. And she's like, you know what? You and your husband almost got divorced two years before this. I don't know why you're acting so sensitive. And of course, Luann's like, what does that have anything to do with Mario's comment? And she just at this point, now Ramona's going to go in. She's pissed off Ramona. Ramona's not going to cover for her. And she's going in. And then Jill, of course, has to jump in. And she says, you know, it could have meant two things which I think Jill misses the two things. She says, first, it could have meant like count less, like she's had a count, now they're divorced, so she's less him, which I think that's a good one. She says, or number two, it just devalues her title. 
And I'm like, no, I think the countless maybe meant like countless men. She's out and about. We know they were cheating on each other. That's where I think he was going. And that's why she was so pissed. So now Ramona, like I said, she's already been set off. Jill's going in now. She's done. So then she just launches into, look, there's no titles in the U.S., please. Like, if you have an issue with him, speak to him. Luann lets her know that she doesn't want to speak to him. She saw him at tennis and he didn't apologize. He had an opportunity then. And Ramona's like, well, then don't speak to me about it. She's like, look, you're being too sensitive. Everyone's been saying stuff. People have been saying Countess of No Account. There's no titles in the U.S. This stuff should just be bouncing off of you by now, Luann. You know, just like move it on. You know who you are. Stop letting it bother you. And as I said, it's now escalated. Jill and Luann are continually coming back at everything Ramona says. And Ramona, finally, you can tell she just wants to disengage. She's like, I wasn't there. Jill's jumping in. Well, he told you he he knew he, he upset her. So why don't you tell him he needs to apologize? Ramona finally looks at Jill and is like, look, I don't even know why you're involved. This is now two against one. You're putting me on the spot. I don't like it. And Jill's like, I'm just trying to help. Like, no, you're not. You're trying to dig in on Ramona. And I think she wants to be around Luann every second because she wants to make sure her plan is being perfectly put into place. And then Luann jumps in with, the, well, you know, Mario was rude to Jill, too. And Jill's like, well, we can get into that later. And at that point, Ramona's done. And it's so hilarious because I feel like Jill in typical Jill fashion, once Ramona's like, I'm done, I'm walking away, then Jill's like, oh, this is between the two of you guys. I, I'm going to get out of here. It's like, you've already done the damage, Jill. Don't try to act now like you didn't want to get involved or that you didn't get involved. It's so ridiculous. So Ramona starts to walk away. She's like, please don't ruin my day. I'm hosting everybody on this yacht. Not the right place. Not the right time. You're not following your own rules, Countess. She just starts to get so mad. She's like, you're being rude. And she finally walks away. And you do hear Jill in the background say, I told you this was too early to bring it up. Which, again, it's such a tell because it shows that Jill and Luann talked about this and planned this beforehand. So Ramona then goes under the boat with her girlfriends. They're all kind of sitting around drinking, having some food. And she's really pissed off. She's pissed off to the point of tears. She mentions that they're just, they gang up on her. They're the mean girls, she calls them, which they really are. This season, Jill becomes the queen of the mean girls. And Ramona's girlfriends are trying to comfort her. We flash back to kind of the top of the yacht where there's like a, a sunning, like sunroof where there's the cushions and the places that you can lay out and get some sun. And Jill and Luann and Alex, who's at this point sunbathing out there, are hanging out. And yet again, there's Jill telling Luann and Alex, you know, Ramona should have said this. She should have done this. She should have told Mario this. She should have told Luann this. And it's like, again, stop directing everybody and telling everyone what they should have done. It's you shouldn't have gotten involved and Luann shouldn't have brought it up that day, right? That's what should have happened. And then we flash back down to Ramona, who's in tears. And she says, I always let it go. I let it go last season. I always take it, but I'm totally sick of it. And Ramona explains in her confessional that she lived in a very verbally abusive household. Her father was a very abusive to her mother, and her father had recently passed away, which kind of released her of all of that, and she's not going to take it anymore. And Ramona does say her to her girlfriends, you know, maybe I am mean in some of the things I say because I'm very blunt and I'm very honest, but at least I'm honest. And then we cut back to Jill, who's up top of the boat with Alex and Luann. 
And she says, well, you know, Bobby doesn't even want to go to the party. But, you know, I wasn't even going to launch into the fact that we weren't going to go to her party. So again, here we go. This has clearly been something they've talked about beforehand. And she says, but I just I don't know which excuse to use. And it's so it's just so not honest. It's so fake. And then we cut back down to Ramona. She's with Joni and her girlfriends. And Joni says, you know, it really is ridiculous that this woman talking about Luann is writing a book about class. Like, it's a joke. And I really do feel like even Joni, because they all run in those circles, they they know who these people are off camera. And I think Joni's letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. And then we cut back up to Jill, who says, you know, I'm sure Ramona is down there talking and, and bitching about us to all the girls. And we do cut back down to Ramona. Clearly, some time has passed because at this point, Ramona feels better. They've been taking tequila shots. It looks like everybody's calmed down. Finally, Luann. Oh, and actually, Alex is already down there with them. I think Alex wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. So clearly, she's come down to talk with Ramona and, the, and her girlfriends. And now it's just Jill and Luann who are up top. And then finally, Jill and Luann come back down. Ramona's happy again. She says, Luann, I adore you. Even though I've been crying, like, let's toast. And we get another Ramonaism. And it's hilarious because she says, you know, let's toast to happiness because with happiness, you have nothing. And she means without happiness, you have nothing. But she says it twice. And it's such a great Ramonaism. And, you know, in Jill's confessional, she says, Ramona was just crazy. She was really happy when we got there. Then she was crying. Then she was happy again. And I just couldn't wait to get off that boat. And I do think Ramona's behavior, it is a bit all over the place, but I think it's really reflective of growing up in an abusive household. You learn to recover quickly. You learn to forgive incredibly bad behavior. And and you're so desperate to have it go away that you make up very quickly. And I don't think it's because, as Jill says, Ramona was crazy. I just think it's reflective of someone who grew up as the peacemaker in an abusive household. So the scene ends, it looks like everybody's happy, and Ramona goes, oh my god, I can't believe I cried. So then we cut to Bethany. She is back at her apartment after the photo shoot. She's with her assistant, Julie, who, if you recall, when she did her shows after Real Housewives, Bethany getting married and Bethany ever after, we meet her assistant, Julie, who really is just such a sweet gal. They're sitting there talking, recapping the day. Julie is like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do with you. This was really fun. And they're going over Bethany's schedule. Julie is clearing emails and says, you know, you have all these emails from Jill. What do you want me to do with them? And Bethany's like, well, you got to be more specific about that because there are like 10,000 emails from Jill. And Julie says, well, there's the one about the Turks and Caicos, like you and Jason went on a trip. And I do think it was a bit of a setup. I'm sure Bethany is being told by producers that Jill is going in about their fight and then you need to get a hobby line because she's brought it up 7,000 times in the first 10 minutes of the episode. So this provides Bethany with an opportunity to explain a little bit about what's going on. So she gives us a bit of the backstory. She says she was given a free trip for a week to the Turks and Caicos, and she wanted to take Jason and she wanted to really see where their relationship was going. She said that's where they ended up falling in love. And she says Jill was pissed because Bethany didn't invite her and Bobby. And she's like, she can't be my plus one to everything. Like, I need to be allowed to, if I get a free trip, take my boyfriend with me and and see where this is going and see where this relationship is headed. Bethany explains that she's included Jill whenever she can. And she says, look, I just hit the wall going 90. 
It was a whole summer of why not me? Why not me? She says she's being really grabby and Jason hates grabby. I hate grabby. I just like the adjective grabby. And she says it was just it, it hit. She hit the wall. It became too much. And she explains that she doesn't feel that Jill can be happy for her unless it directly benefits Jill. And she says the first thing out of her mouth is not a congratulations or even a congratulatory response. It's what about me? What about me? And she says, when I made that phone call where I said, you need to get a hobby, she said, Jason was sitting right here with me. I called her and I told her that she needs to get a hobby besides picking fights with people. Because as Bethany explains, like, what more does she want from her? She can't give her any more. She's in love. She's working. She's trying to get this business off the ground. She says, I'm not just sitting around all day. And Bethany says, the worst thing I did was to tell her to get a hobby. And man, is Jill going to try to capitalize on that? So then we see Jason. He comes home to Bethany's apartment. And I couldn't help but flash back to Jason number one. It kind of it's like the same scene. It's He walks in the door. She greets him. Cookie's barking for attention. And she's still in full hair and makeup from the photo shoot. Jason's like, whoa, holy cow. And she explains that Jason is at her apartment a lot. And I'm sure that that really was purposefully said because one of the things that was noted when she was with Jason number one is that she always had to go to his apartment. He never really came to her apartment and it was making her feel very much like she was traveling with, you know, her underwear and toothpaste in her purse constantly because they weren't living together. So I'm sure she wanted to show the difference that this guy, you know, is into her and is making an effort with her. He shows up with golf clubs. Clearly, they're about to do some sort of golfing thing the next day. And as Bethany says in her confessional, as nauseating as it sounds, we've been doing each other's things. I'm golfing with him. And it's funny, I will say, because, you know, I'm a Bethany stan. I loved her. I supported Skinny Girl from I was tweeting about it. I was buying the Skinny Girl cocktails. I bought the Skinny Girl body lines, everything that came out. I was all about it. I loved supporting Bethany. I bought all of her books. But even I could admit, she is a bit much. And in this scene, it was kind of exhausting. It reminded me a bit of Jill. Like, he shows up with her new golf club. She's so excited about them. And she's like, well, tomorrow when we play golf, like, it's heavy. Like, do I have to carry them? And he's like, no, you don't have to carry them. We have a cart. Well, well, who's going to carry them to the cart? Like, do I have to put them on the cart? Are you going to put them on the cart? Oh, my gosh, more stuff. We hate stuff. It's more stuff for the apartment. And it was just like, fucking calm down. Like, Jesus Christ, because Jason's just a really calm, normal guy at this point. Like, it just seemed like a lot. So we do get Bethany's confessional where she says, Jason came into my life. I was not even looking like the store was closed with a double bolt lock. And Jason just changed everything. And she explains that their relationship is just very easy. They're best friends. They like to make fun of each other and laugh a lot. And they're really just enjoying themselves. So when he shows up, Julie's still there. They tell him about the photo shoot. And he's like, so you're up on a rooftop, like fully naked? And she's like, well, no, no beaver. And you can see he just shakes his head like he's like, no beaver. Like, What kind of line is that? And then we cut to Bethany saying, you know, most of our relationship is Bethany. It's like Lucy, you know, Ricky coming home and like Lucy's gotten herself into some predicament. And he's just sitting there shaking his head at me which I think was also a really great setup for their TV show. And then we get an on-the-spot confessional, you know how much I love those, with Jason, where he does explain that her posing nude is a bit uncomfortable for him, like that's supposed to be just between the two of them. And in Bethany's confessional, she says that Jason's a bit more conservative, and, you know, that's why half of their relationship is him just rolling his eyes at her. 
So Bethany's explaining to him what it is. She's like, I didn't have like tassels on the titties or anything. It's not like hustler, right? And then he says, yeah, that's great. But you can't send me naked photos to my work email, babe. Like, that's not okay. I don't need HR calling me over this. Which I thought, hello, Bethany, like you're you're a great businesswoman. Why wouldn't you have sent that to his personal email? I thought that was kind of hilarious. So you can tell, I think Bethany was kind of teaching him how to cook as they're chatting. So then they sit down to dinner, which again was such a great juxtaposition from that dinner she had with Jason where he refused to talk about moving in. And Jason's very grateful for the dinner and they cheers and they talk about the fact that they're going to go to the Hamptons that, that weekend because it's the last weekend of summer. It's Labor Day. So then we cut to Jill and Luann. They are meeting Kelly for lunch. Very interesting. Again, new alliances. We see what's happening. And Jill, right out the gate, they show up to lunch. Her first comment is a criticism. First, not only is she pissed that they're sitting outside, but she says, Kelly, you have it backwards. Because Kelly has this kind of like see-through sweaterish material on. She's got a tank top underneath and shorts. But it's kind of like a it's like a see-through sweater. It's not like a full-on sweater. But Kelly, she's or Jill says, Kelly, you have it backwards. It's summertime. You're supposed to wear tank tops now and sweaters in the summertime. Meanwhile, Jill is in a long sleeve, like Moroccan style shirt and like long capri pants. So I just thought it was odd that that's what Jill has to comment on when in reality, she's more covered up than Kelly is. And Luann chimes in, and I do love this, that Luann said this. Luann's like, Jill, like lay off of her for God's sakes, let her wear what she wants. And I couldn't agree with Luann more. And then we get Jill's confessional where she explains that they didn't really give Kelly a chance the last season and she reached out to her. And so they were catching up and now they they kind of want to see, you know, what second chances could, could happen here. So as they sit down, Kelly says, so what have you two been up to? Like the two of you guys are like best friends running around everywhere together this summer, which again, very telling about what's been going on. Jill explains that she's staying with Luann because they sold their house in the Hamptons. And then we cut to to Jill and her confessional. And she says, well, yes, we sold our house in the Hamptons. Like, are we the smartest people in the world? We sold at the top of the market. Because remember, at this point, the housing bubble is starting to burst and prices and housing is just crashing. But I couldn't help but wonder, why did they sell? Like, what was that about? Why were, was it because they were they got an offer they couldn't refuse because the, the market was going crazy before the bubble burst? Or were there financial difficulties going in? Because I always feel like whenever Jill wants to cover up for something, she always is over the top. So when she's like, are we the smartest people in the world that we sold? Mm, I don't know. It just made me think that something else was going on there. But whatever, they sold their house. So as they're sitting there with Kelly, they go over the boating trip with Ramona and Mario's comment, which, of course, Kelly is on their side. Oh, I just can't believe he said that. And then Luann jumps in with the, well, are you still seeing Max? Which I thought now all of a sudden Luann and Jill are going along with this. Like at the reunion, basically everybody confirmed with Kelly that she was not dating Max. She just brought him along because she wanted to have him on the show in some capacity. Like. They were calling her out that none of this was real. She was just doing this as a total facade. But now all of a sudden, Luann's going along with it. And again, it's like they're trying to recreate history, set a narrative, set the stage with Bethany. And it's just, it's their downfall. Audience is smart. We saw it coming from a mile away. And Kelly says, no, I'm not seeing Max anymore. Again, this is all just like fake nonsense. You never were seeing Max. She says, I don't want Mr. Right now. I want Mr. Right. 
And I think it's funny because neither Jill or Luann get it at first. And then they finally get it. Oh, okay. You don't want Mr. Right now. You want Mr. Right. She says, look, I'm 41. I have two kids. Like, I need a serious guy. Luann says, maybe you need someone older. You know, you were married to an older man. And Kelly's like, no, you know, I was like Rapunzel stuck in the Hamptons working. Like as if she's some sort of victim because she has to stay in her $12 million house in the Hamptons. And Luann's like, yeah, there are worse places to be stuck, Kelly. And then Kelly launches into that she wants to be Robin to a Batman. And we get Luann's confessional where at least Luann's being a little real about it. She says Kelly's analogies are a bit strange. And I'm like, okay, well, at least Luann's being honest. And I love that Luann's bringing up analogies because at least Luann understands what an analogy is. Teresa Judice. But so then Jill explains to Kelly that she's had a really rough summer. Bobby had thyroid cancer. And here she goes with the Bethany thing. You know, Bethany never once came with me to see him. And you can tell right from the jump, Jill is on the anti-Bethany campaign. Like if you were explaining to one of your friends that your husband had thyroid cancer, would one of the first things you say be to bring up that one of your friends didn't come with you to see him? And so we get her confessional where she says, Bethany sent flowers, so did my mailman. It's just, it's so, it's so angry and ugly. So Jill says to Kelly, well, you know, Bethany, Bethany and I aren't talking anymore. Did you know that? She's, Kelly's like, no, I didn't know that. Jill's complaining that big things would happen for Bethany and she would find out through other people. And then, of course, she says, and then she left me a message and told me I need to get a hobby. And it's like, again, with this, it's like, if that's all you got, Jill, you got a really weak argument. And again, it's why I think she saved the message. She's it's why she's harping on that. It's the only thing that she could pull that Bethany did, where I'm sure there's 5000 things that Bethany could have talked about that Jill did. And so Kelly loves it. She can't believe that Jill and Bethany aren't speaking. And she says, well, gosh, you know, she's scary. And, you know, she attacks me. And that is not a friend. That is a foe. And Bethany's got issues. And I mean, for God's sakes, she invented the margarita. And as Jill looks at her and she's like, well, I don't drink. And the scene ends. And I just thought, wow, now you're coming for the girl's business. Like, this is just shady. So we cut to Bethany and Jason. They're in Montauk. Clearly, it must be Labor Day weekend because they said they were heading out to the Hamptons for Labor Day. They're cheersing to the end of the summer. They're having lunch. And Bethany explains her relationship with Jason is loving and respectful, and she's just really enjoying it. And I will say, I know it didn't end well with the two of them, but they seemed really happy and really sweet in the beginning. So this is clearly before Ramona's Labor Day party because Jason asks who else he's going to be meeting. And Bethany says, well, you're going to meet Bobby. He's a really sweet guy. And then she says, of course, then there's Jill, which this is a a day or two before the Labor Day party. And clearly Bethany doesn't realize that neither Bobby nor Jill nor Luann are going to show up. This is why I think you start to see this escalate because it slowly becomes very clear to Bethany what Jill is trying to do. And Bethany explains that Jill actually has been acting really weird lately. And so she and Jason talk about it. And Bethany explains, you know, last summer it was really easy because it was all about Jill and Bobby and Allie and Gloria. She was staying with them. And so it was all about Jill. And that's not really what Bethany's life is all about. And she says Jill can just totally engulf you and take over every situation. And Jill likes to be the mother, but it's the mother on her terms. It's Jill's advice. It's Jill's way. It's the way Jill thinks it should be. And she says just recently, Jill has been very different. 
And Bethany does give one little story here, which I think this is way worse than what the get a hobby line that Bethany did was. She says that when she was asked to host the Today Show, which let's be honest, if you are trying to launch a business, get your name out there, and you are asked to host the Today Show as a stand-in, that is a huge thing. And as a friend, how do you not be just nothing but supportive? She says, when I got there, she was told that Jill called up and was saying, why wasn't it me? Why wasn't it me? Which I I'm sorry, but that to me is so fucking out of line. And again, it's why I think one of the many reasons why Jill saved that message from Bethany, because Jill knows exactly what she was doing and how wrong it was. And so she held on to the one small thing that she could that Bethany did to try to make a case. And Bethany says to Jason, you know, last season, Ramona said something to me that sounded so outlandish and it made me so mad. And Jason's like, what? And Bethany does this great impression. She's like, here's how we're going to talk. She's like, Jill only likes you because you're the underdog. She likes the underdog. And I love it because they flash back to that scene at Ramona's house where she was launching her skincare. And she says to Bethany, of course, she likes you because you're the underdog. And Bethany was pissed at the time. And Bethany says to Jason, you know, now I'm a little bit worried that Ramona maybe was right about that. And maybe Jill only likes me when I'm the underdog. So then we cut back to lunch with Jill and Luann and Kelly. And Luann asks about the boyfriend, that ex-boyfriend and those um, criminal charges that were against her for when the guy claimed that Kelly beat him up. And you can always tell when Kelly just doesn't want to talk about anything. She's just, she's so insane and crazy to talk to. She says, you know what? Justice was served. And she says, you know, what I should have done is I should have called the police. And the second they question her about anything, it's like, you know what? I don't want to talk about it. It's gross. Let's move on. And Luann's like, well, did you did you serve any community service? And Kelly, because she switches it again, she's like, yeah, you know what? Out of something not great was turned into something great. Like, I got to serve time with this great domestic violence shelter. And it's just like, okay. And then we get Jill's confessional where here Jill goes trying to recover Kelly's reputation. And she's like, I really think, you know, Kelly just wants to start over. And then Kelly turns around and asks Luann about the divorce and says, how are you handling it? Because when I was getting divorced, I was petrified. I was alone. I didn't know what to do. It's so Kelly. And Luann explains that it's hard, but she doesn't actually feel alone. And in her confessional, we get kind of the first concrete statement that she and the Count are definitely getting divorced. It's time for her to move on. And Luann says, you know, Kelly is definitely trying to make an effort, but I'm trying to figure her out. And Jill's going all in, but Luann, Luann is not as desperate as Jill is to make Bethany look bad and to be friends with Kelly to piss off Bethany. So as much as Luann is going along with this anti-Bethany campaign, I don't think she totally wants to get on board the Kelly train because she knows in the back of her mind, like, this chick is crazy. So Kelly pays the check and the scene ends. Then we get one of those quick clips. They used to play them in between commercials. And it's Bethany and Jason doing yoga on the beach with Cookie. And you can tell they both like to be competitive. They're both doing yoga. Jason's being funny. It's It, it was a really nice little clip. It's all of, I don't know, 15, 30 seconds. But it's just a clip of what they were doing on the beach that day, you know, as they're staying out there waiting for the Labor Day party. So then we cut to the final scene. Luann is waiting for Bethany to have drinks. So recall, Luann was supposed to meet with Bethany the night of the yacht party. She was supposed to be with Jill. Jill refused to go. And then lo and behold, it didn't work out for Luann to go either. So she canceled. And as Bethany explains, 
But she did say that she would have drinks with her the next day, but only if it was close to Luann's house. And clearly Bethany's staying up in Montauk, which is why I think they were going to meet for drinks after the yacht, because it's probably halfway in between the two of them. But Bethany explains, no, now I had to meet Luann and drive two hours to her (laughs) to see her and have drinks. So Bethany shows up, Jason's driving her, and they're in a skinny girl car. It's a little bug that's been wrapped in all the skinny girl logo. It's red and white. It's really adorable. And Bethany says, all right, you know, I got there. There was a lot of traffic. It's Labor Day weekend. But the fact that I had to drive two hours to see her for a drink was a bit excessive. And so she was showing up with a bit of a bad taste in her mouth. When Bethany walks in, of course, Luann's got to make a small dig about her being late. And Bethany says, yeah, I I am a bit late. It's a crazy weekend. But let's be real. I planned my whole day yesterday around meeting you for drinks and then you canceled. And then you hear Luann's excuse, you know, well, I was back late from the boat. I had Jill. And Bethany's like, well, you know, I'm busy, too. I have six days to get my book in. Like, I'm not just doing nothing. But they sit down, get ready for a drink. And Luann starts right in, which not a good not a good move for Luann. She says, you know, well, let me get this straight first before we order drinks. Are you inviting me for drinks or are you going to wait for me to leave and then say I didn't pay up? And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And you can see Bethany right out. She's just kind of shook. And she's like, are we still doing this shit? She's like, wait a second. So are you trying to tell me that whenever, like for the rest of our lives, whenever I invite for you to to do anything, we're going skydiving, we're buying diamonds, and you buy diamonds too, because I invited you, I'm paying for all of yours? She's like, holy Christ, like, are we still doing this? And then they do flashback to the surfing episode from last season, where Bethany invited Luann to have surfing lessons and Luann just leaves afterwards and Bethany's got to pay up for Luann's lesson. And Bethany says to Ramona, why am I the poorest one of everybody and I'm always paying for everything? And so as Bethany says, thus began another bar moment where a woman wants to smack me the second I walk in the door. So as they're going through this, Bethany, she looks at the bartender. She's like, I'm going to need a drink for this. And Luann's like, oh, okay, good. And Luann just, she's like a dog with a bone. And I'm sure, again, she and Jill went back that night. Jill's staying with Luann. I'm sure Jill helped Luann script out how, okay, you're going to go meet Bethany for drinks. That's great. Here's how we're going to attack her and get all over her. So Luann is like a dog with a bone. She's like, you know, I can't be friendly with you if you're going to be making all these snarky comments about me behind my back. And Bethany's like, fine. You know what? No problem. There won't be anything said behind your back. Like, I will say everything to your face. Nothing will be behind your back. No problem. And we get Bethany's confessional where she says that she was sitting there thinking, your house does not have one inch that is not covered in glass. And I am going to pick up a rock and throw it through all of these windows. And Luann just continues to go on and says, you know, I'm not the only one that feels that way. Jill is very upset. And Bethany's like, look, let's you and I deal with our issues. Like Jill's a whole separate issue. And Bethany says, look, we're not really great friends for a very specific reason. And Luann was like, well, why did you invite me then? And you can tell the two of them, Luann, like I said, she just won't quit. And Bethany goes off. She's like, look, you're a total hypocrite. I've been covering for you. I'm not going to do it anymore. And she says, own it. And I love it because I love how Lisa Rinna and Beverly Hills tries to take credit for the own it. But sorry, Bethany did the own it and the first one on the Housewives series. 
And so Bethany says, own it, Luann. You do pick up guys. You do give guys your numbers. All the things that you were trying to tell Ramona that was bad advice to give to me, you do all of those things. And you're a hypocrite and we've all been covering for you and it's a bunch of bullshit. So stop with the bullshit. And so they kind of go back and forth on this. Things clearly settle down. And Luann tries to pick up the our drink and say, okay, truce. And Bethany's like, whoa, just like, hold on a second. You know, like, I don't want to be fake. We don't need to truce. I just ripped your head off. And then we see them talking about what they've been up to recently as things kind of calm down. Luann points out, yeah, I saw you pull up in a skinny girl car. And Bethany's like, yeah, I know. I, I got a car. I've never had a car before. And now I got a car. And Bethany says, yeah, everyone, you know, runs around in Gucci and Hermes belts like I can wear a skinny girl car. And Luann kind of laughs and she's being so condescending. She's like, yeah, but they're not paying you to wear the Hermes belt. And we cut to an epic Bethany one-liner. It's a classic in her confessional. She says, exactly, you dumb drag queen. They're not paying you. That's exactly the point. Which I love because Bethany's pointing out exactly. They're not even paying you to do that and you're wearing it. Like, I'm promoting my business and I'm doing it. It's it's a double benefit for me. Like, hello. And uh, I, the dumb drag queen line is so good. And so at the end, they kind of hug and make up. And we end the episode with Bethany saying, you know, I'm really ashamed of myself for making it like we could be friends. Like, I felt gross. I needed to shower. I was being totally fake. It just, it wasn't good. And the episode ends setting us up for more drama and the soon to come Labor Day parties. So that's how season three starts, y'all. And like I said, it did not disappoint. So join us next episode when we break down season three, episode two, Dueling Labor Day Parties. And it just gets better. And as always, please like and follow us on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Deep Fix Podcast. And you can find and download our podcast at Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most other places you get your podcasts. Until next time, see y'all then.